0: Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid.com.
1: They are your one stop shop for everything instrument cable. Sinusoid cables. They know how to party and they know how to make cables. You guys want to party? Hang out with Sinusoid. That's my recommendation right there. You want cool cables? Hang out with Sinusoid. That's also my recommendation. Uh, we're big fans of Sinusoid and have been for a long time and will continue to be forever and ever. For 100 years, we will because that's how long their guarantee is this episode is also brought to you by walrus audio makers of the arp 87 the arp-87 it's a delay yeah if you haven't
0: seen it already uh head on over to our youtube channel and check out our demo of the arp 87 delay from walrus audio you're gonna like it
1: yeah we'll, we'll talk about the details later on in the episode Hey, this is Ryan.
0: And this is Steve, and you're listening to Sikki Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, mining, breaking, reviewing, playing
1: podcast. All right, we're back at it, and you nailed it, Steve. You got it this time. I did. Yeah. I got it. Good one. Uh, anything new going on? Yeah, we hit a statistical landmark. We did. milestone. A big old milestone. I, I never imagined we would get that kind of landmark, Yeah, milestone. Uh,
0: 1 million YouTube views. That's
1: crazy. It's
0: kind of a uh, longevity reward, I guess, in, in some ways. We haven't been around
1: that long. Yeah, but we got a lot of videos. We don't have that many videos. Like 250? 200 and something? Yeah, divide a million by no, 250. No, I know, I know. It's still a lot. It's, crazy. it's still a lot. It's still crazy to me that we have that many. What is that? Like an average of like 4,000, 5,000 views? yeah, we got a
0: few videos that like really blow it up, yeah. They overperformed for sure. Um, either way, very cool, it's a very fun number to see, yeah. I, it, saw, I first took notice of it when we were at like 650,000, yeah. I was like, we're gonna get
1: there soon. Well, I was looking at it for a while, I was like, oh wow, we're like in the mid uh 900,000s right now. This is yeah, this is crazy. What's gonna happen? Uh, I just never even thought about it before. Is it even that big of a deal? I don't know. I think for average—I don't know either. I think for average well-performing YouTube channels, it's not that big of a deal. It, it probably well,
0: yeah. You know that we we posted the picture of it, and somebody goes, "Yeah,
1: Bieber gets that in 24 hours." Who <laughs> Ezra was saying, yeah, like <laughs> Gangan Style has like yeah. a billion views yeah. on just one video. Let us know when you catch up. <laughs> I was like, well, how many demo videos does he have? <laughs> He's just got that one song, you know? <laughs> no, there was a
0: second song. It was weird. A follow-up song. <laughs>
1: it wasn't worth it. <laughs> All right. Also, no, we got a prototype in uh recently. Well, as of recording this episode, we don't have it in yet, but I've already announced this product. It's the fifty fifty. Um, it's a drive pedal that uh I worked with Leon from Pelican Noise Works on. Yep. And it's got our branding on there. It's a 60 cycle hum pedal. And so we haven't even talked about this. Presumably, the money that we make off of it is going back into the show or <laughs> into our pockets. What well, makes you think we're going to make mo- any money off if of it? If we sell them, we're going to do something with the money. I don't know. Yeah, what so yet. we're doing
0: an initial run of what, 50 pedals, I think? Somewhere around there. Um, uh, inner Circle gets first dibs, obviously. And we don't know what the price point is going to be yet. We haven't figured it out. we got to sit down with the math. and, and kind yeah.
1: of- By the time this airs, we might have that figured out. I'm not sure. But uh, the uh, the Inner Circle is going to get some hookups with this. Usually with merch, the Inner Circle gets it for free. This is like a product. It's more than merch. So yeah. what's going to happen is they're actually going to pay cost for it, what it costs us to have it produced. Yep. Um, and then everyone else is just going to pay the normal price. We haven't even said what it does yet. It's a,
0: uh, dual DOD 250. Basically. Yeah. Volume and tone on each channel. Is it stackable?
1: Yeah. Stackable.
0: And it's got uh clipping options, right?
1: Yeah. It's got tone clipping that you can either go darker or brighter with it. I haven't even heard it in person yet. As of recording this, I probably didn't get it in yesterday. <laughs> probably getting it in tomorrow or the day after that. Uh, I don't know if I'll get around to squeezing out a demo before this episode airs. Just do a, you just do like a Facebook live with it in the yeah, Facebook maybe. group. Maybe. Uh, but I'm really excited about it. We talked about this. I want to say five months ago on the show yeah. where, um, we were talking about dual pedals, dual drive pedals. Yeah. And I was like, I think the only dual pedal I'd ever want would be like two DOD two fifties in the same box. Because I said that on the show, I got hit by probably a dozen different builders and people who were friends of builders. Like, Hey, I'll build it. I'll, this guy will build it. And you know, no, no, you know, just to any of them. But when Leon messaged me, I was like, I know for a fact that Leon gets like the sort of things that we like. We've already used his stuff and it's already proven to be high quality. And it's clear that he really understands dirt sounds and how to tweak them and interesting ways. So it was an obvious choice for me to go with Leon. Um, and he's just been really excited about this. I've been really excited. Uh, I probably spent way too much time working on the graphic design for it. I just kind of killed myself over it, but I'm really stoked to see this thing like go into production and, and, uh, hit the market, even if we're making 50 of them and it can never sell them all. But I have a feeling that they're going to sell. All right. We're going to price them pretty fairly and, and it's going to be a cool thing. So, be on the lookout for that, I guess uh anything else new you want to talk about that's it. Those are our two things. those are our two topics yeah that's all we got let's wrap up the show later right. guys, see' ya. <laughs> oh, we're just kidding what <laughs> we're are just we? a bunch all of jokers all right, we got
0: a uh, we got gonna hit our first ad here where these are two ads they are themed they so are th- last week we had themed ads, and we have them again uh. Just like last week, uh, where our theme was furniture ads, uh, this week's theme is also the uh, word that starts with the letter F. Yeah, it's the F word, Steve. Yeah. It's a good uh, old
1: regular F word. This one... Rhymes one, with
0: duck. Yeah. This first one's a J. Terser Alex Iora Signature Middle Finger Rare L Try Must Have White Black. J. Terser Alex... Oh, it's not Iora. It's Alex Laura Signature Guitar. Uh, apparently he is,
1: uh, the founder of El Tri and a South American superstar. I have no idea, but I have seen these guitar bodies before. They were clearing them out on guitar fetish like a year or two ago. I was like, ah, that's kind of s- silly and goofy. Like I get it. A guitar that's making the middle finger. But what I didn't see with those GFS bodies was the neck and the headstock shape in particular. The head sock shape looks like a penis
0: Yeah, I don't know why this says South American superstar This dude's from uh, Puebla, Mexico Uh, Well, he might be from Mexico, but he's
1: famous in South uh,
0: America He's a distinguished Pueblan citizen And has been given the keys to Miami, as in Miami, Florida Really? Uh, Yeah, and uh, also has a statue in Guadalajara Sounds like a famous dude in the uh,
1: the Spanish speaking community.
0: Yeah, in general. Yeah, um, but yeah, they're referred to everywhere else as. Um, so I get as being a Mexican band. So maybe on top of just being like an insane guitar, the person who wrote this uh, ad is also like ignorant and doesn't know the difference between South America and Mexico.
1: Yeah, they're racist. Well, those are your words. <laughs> I kind of I'm, I'm kind of charmed by this guitar but then also kind of confused by the concept like I got the concept of ha 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 the neck is the middle finger and mm-hmm. you're you're flipping the middle finger to anyone who sees you playing a ha ha is, is punk rock that's funny but turning the headstock into a penis <laughs> I guess I kind of get it because there's a sexual connotation with the middle finger but then it's like it's too literal in a way that's right. pushing like you're using an abstraction for something literal. Like it's it's a weird crossover to me. I don't know. Am I am I taking this too far, I don't Steve? Think am I so I'm taking just, it too seriously.
0: I'm just I've been I've been trying to justify this somehow by thinking like, oh well maybe this is like a logo for something. Maybe this somehow fits in. It, I don't think it does. I don't
1: think this fits anywhere. Like this is like only appropriate for the guy that it was made for. The price ain't bad though. I mean, it's Jay Turser though. I mean, eight hundred bucks for a j Jay Turser's. But It's a signature instrument. Yeah. Like if you're into them, you're never gonna get this guitar elsewhere for eight hundred bucks. Sure. Like sure. It's an, and it's rare. It's an it's an accessible price. For a very novelty instrument, it also explains why that body shape showed up on guitar fetish. Oh yeah, <laughs> they couldn't sell them, so they had all these middle finger guitars sitting just around. Sitting around. It's weird that the body was on there, but the 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 neck wasn't. You'd think a bunch of those necks would have showed up. Maybe they just cut the the penis tip off of the headstock because there's plenty of room there to do that, yeah. and just did like a a flat edge on it to clear them out interesting uh, guitar though and i'm i'm excited to have found out the the backstory behind it yeah all right the second on our
0: feature of words that start with the letter f is a gibson les paul studio that i suddenly cannot find
1: (laughs) Uh, the the title on it is IF and Love You. I don't uh, remember who posted this or where I saw it. I can't give credit to the person and I'm sorry. Yeah, uh,
0: so it just says IF and Love You. I'm looking to sell for $500 or trade my 07 Gibson Les Paul Studio vintage mahogany uh, offers the Gibson's vintage mahogany Les Paul offers real Lester tone at a price blah 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 whatever. Yeah, it gets let's get to the good stuff. Uh the guitar is all original and in great condition except for the front where someone's crazy ex scratched a message of love. It has been set up with tens and low action.
1: Someone's crazy ex in air quotes? Come on, dude. Just like it was your crazy ex, right? Yeah. Like, how do you, you wouldn't know if it was a crazy ex unless you knew which person it was? So, so, the
0: problem here, the problem here, these are, from what I've heard, these are, if you can get one that's been like set up well. They're really good guitars. Oh, of course. Uh, I've played some of these where like the neck was just sh- very sharp, uh-huh. but these actually came with the uh, Burstbucker Pro pickups. Uh huh. So it's an actually a considered a nicer pickup than the Gibson Les Paul Studio model that was out at the same time. Ah, interesting. I think these were six ninety nine or seven ninety nine new, something like that. Um. So. Five to six hundred dollars is what I would expect to pay for one in pristine condition. Yeah, let alone one that says "I effing love you" etched into it. Like, yeah,
1: come on. It's not the worst thing that could ever be etched into a guitar. Like, I think we've seen a lot worse on this show. I will say, like, like at least it's a coherent s- sentence and like like if you were playing a show and your audience is reading that you could see that message getting them hyped. I would say maybe at $400 I think about it.
0: I think about at least seeing this and trying to decide if I think I can sand this out without completely
1: mangling it. This is a good candidate for a refin for sure. Like refin experimenting. Like get like get in there sand it really good. And then, like, give it a new stain or something like that. Or, like, have someone, you know, spray the top. Yeah, you could go in
0: and sand the entire face of this guitar. and Or uh, this is a good punk
1: rock band starter. Just put stickers on it. There you go. There you go. But like I said, I maybe you can get those stickers that Cole Duke found. I the Tom DeLonge yeah uh, yeah pack. <laughs> I you know speaking mentioning an ad that we're not even going to discuss on this show. There's an ad that Cold Duke found for a pack of stickers to match the stickers that are on yeah Tom it's DeLonge's all the stickers you
0: need. Airwalk, uh, Gorilla Biscuits, Descendants, Op Ivy, Arnett
1: sunglasses. Ten foot pole, <laughs> screeching weasel. It's uh, it's the, the Vandals, the nineteen ninety seven starter pack. You know, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. Now we're gonna have to reference that ad in the uh, in the photos. And oh, I already got it covered. Okay, there you go. So yeah, I yeah, you know, the price is all wrong on this for five hundred bucks. I think I would be interested under three fifty. Like, if I could get three twenty five, I think I'd be tempted by this if it was local. Mm-hmm. Where is Lahambra? Yeah, It's up in L.A. somewhere. Hmm. All right, let's tackle the topic.
0: Yeah, this week uh, we're going to finally talk about the uh, Walrus Audio ARP 87, kind oh, of yeah, a, yeah. a little more in depth. Um, of course, like I said, we have a YouTube video of it, so if you'd rather just watch that and read the captions, then you can probably skip ahead a few minutes.
1: Yeah, I just thought I'd kind of go through what I think is neat about it. Um, I mean, first of all, it's a delay pedal. Yeah. Uh, that's cool, right? But there's, there's things about it that are kind of different to me. The, the, the really glaring thing about the ARP87 is it doesn't have a time knob for three of the four settings. It's right. got a digital delay setting, an analog setting, and a lo-fi setting, and a slapback so is setting. The, uh... So the slapback setting is the only setting that has a time knob on it. Interesting. The other settings is purely controlled by tap tempo. And then you have a knob for subdivisions. And when you're in the slap tempo, slaps delay setting, the subdivision knob turns into your time knob. Right. Uh, which makes sense. What do you think about a pedal that doesn't have a time knob for most of its delay settings? De- the delay pedals that I have that
0: have tap, um, I use it. Right. So I think that, I mean, to me that makes sense. Um, obviously I, I realize that sounds like so stupid, like the, the pedals I have that have tap tempo, I right, use it, right. but like if my DD five is on my board, I'm not using it without tapping something. Um, but then I use other delays without tap all the time. So I do think it's interesting that I guess it's, it's only in slapback mode because it's what digital analog lo-fi slapback. Yeah. Are those the four settings? Yeah. Um, yeah. So digital, yeah, I'd probably want to use Tap Tempo. But lo-fi and analog, I don't know that I necessarily want Tap Tempo all the time for that. Now, I haven't played the ARP 87 yet. Right. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting some time with it. Sure. Um, But uh, I I haven't had a chance yet uh, to really sit down with it. Um, So so maybe that's a function that I'd be like, oh, yeah, this makes sense. I've used
1: it live already. uh, And I didn't miss having a time knob on it. And because it's it's a digital delay pedal even though it's got the those other settings but right. they're like modeled but it is digital in the way where like even if it had a time knob it wouldn't rack and make the spaceship sounds. Right. Like if you okay. if you change the tap tempo in the middle of a long delay it just kind of cuts it up funny instead oh, of, okay. instead of doing a a pitch shift on right. it. Right. So I feel like with that design, I don't miss having a time knob at all. Cause if there was, if it could make spaceship sounds, then I would demand a time knob. Yeah. But it's not that kind of delay. So it doesn't bother me that it's not there, which is interesting. I've never been like presented with this quandary before where I've been like, man, a, a delay pedal without a time knob, that's so weird to me, but it works. And it makes sense because. That's how people play with delay pedals now. Yeah. Like that's just how most people use it. And also I, I messed with it today and I figured out that I can uh, connect it to the uh, the Walrus monument mm. for the cuz it has a tap out. Oh. So you can bridge the taps and, and sync them and I'm I'm assuming you can bridge taps with other tap enabled pedals that have tap. Adds. That's
0: interesting.
1: So that's fun. I was having a lot of fun and then you can set different uh, divisions on it. So you can have a faster division. On right. Right. The of course. Tremolo versus the, the delay. But yeah, it's a really interesting pedal. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, it has a bunch of other controls. It has a, a tone control for your repeats. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that it doesn't go Uh, all the way wet, like your dry signal is in there untouched the entire time. And the, the mix control or the volume control just brings your delays up to the same level as your dry. Um, a lot of interesting design choices on it, but then like it works. Like I used the thing live on Sunday and Mm -hmm. it was like always on and I was super happy with it. And I just can see myself getting a ton of use out of this pedal. I don't know, I'm still processing it. A lot of interesting design decisions with this thing, but then it sounds really good, and it works. I'm just like, yeah, kind of scratching my head and like wondering like, if the way I've thought about delay pedals is, you know, in flux now.
0: I remember using it at NAMM, and I, I'm sure they made some tweaks on it, but I, my thought on it at the time was just like, I think it's going to be a really cool entry into the compact uh, delay market. And you know, somebody on one of the forums uh, a couple of weeks ago was like, my uh, Line 6 Echo Park's going out. I don't want to get a pedal with an external tap tempo, My preference would just be to get another Echo Park, but I know, like, if I buy a used one, it's, you know, I'm taking that chance that the actuator could wear out again. Right, right. So what are my options for, uh, built for, uh, delays with built-in tap? And basically, you've got the, um, the Echo Park. Uh Uh-huh. The JHS Pink Panther that just came out. Um... The Alexander History Lesson, Okay. the Boss DD7, DD6, and the Digitech DigiDelay. But all of those are ones where you hold down the pedal, and then it goes into tap mode, and then you tap.
1: The EHX uh, Canyon has tap, and you don't have to hold in, but when you're tapping, it turns the pedal on and off as you're tapping, which is weird. Oh, yeah, that's Uh, really weird. I've been having a weird experience with the Canyon... Where like it sounds good when I'm playing alone, but then in a live mix, like I have a lot of trouble dialing it in. That's weird. It just doesn't fit right in the mix, I don't think. But then the uh, the ARP just was just works. Just works. Yeah. Well, and I, I- can't exp- I can't explain what it is about one and another where they don't work. It just works for some reason. The other one just doesn't work yeah i told the guy i was like look like just wait
0: like another week the arp 87 is coming out like (laughs) there's going to be a demo on my youtube channel yeah do i mention my youtube channel has over a
1: million views a million i mean come on 1.0 million (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm i think i'm gonna do a extra demo here soon cuz I've just been impressed with the last couple of pedals that uh that Walrus has sent me like they have become like mainstays on my board the the Monument and the Iron Horse version 2 mm-hmm. and now the ARP like they just sit right in the mix where I need a pedal to be Yeah. I need to do a demo this just uh all Walrus pedals. <laughs> I was even messing with the Contraband recently which is their one knob fuzz. Right. And I was always kind of like ah one knob I You know, it sounds cool, but how much, you know, adjustment am I missing out on? And I've been playing it a lot lately and Mm -hmm. like it just sounds right. And yes, one knob, but then it has a tone switch, bright or dark. Mm -hmm. What's the other control that's missing? Gain? I can control that with my guitar's volume if I really want. And if I'm honest. I've never run a fuzz with the gain less than all the way down. (laughs) I I like, you know,
0: I think fuzz, fuzz is one pedal uh, or one class of pedal where volume, like as long as the volume has a decent range. Yeah. Having, um, Volume with, like, just a set gain level, like, makes sense.
1: It does. Like, Or I don't, if you
0: really want two gain levels, like, just you have, like, a
1: switch or something. I'm not going to turn the gain down on fuzzes. I turn them <laughs> up every time. I've just been kind of fanboying out over walrus lately, which is interesting. Because I've had a bunch of walrus pedals around for a while, and I've always been like, ah, these are great. But then I don't always populate my board with them. Right. And suddenly I've got three and four walrus pedals on my board at a time now and it's just they're making sense to me all of a sudden i don't know it's a weird thing for me to say considering i get paid to demo (laughs) all right let's uh let's jump into the next ad yeah this was sent in by uh
0: who sent it steve just kidding this was sent in by jamie davis uh this was found on his local Nashville group Um, this is four guitars, two electric, three or three quarter child size, dark electric, $30,
1: blue, $20, wood acoustic, $15, black,
0: $7.
1: Yeah. You know, these guitars are good for a three quarters of a child. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, only, only ex me by phone. Uh, no IMs phone. Oh, phone number. I should probably take that phone number down. Whoops. Um, Thirty, twenty, fifteen. I we usually leave the phone numbers in. Whatever. Yeah, who cares? Thirty, twenty, fifteen, five. All for sixty dollars. So the first thing I'll say is, um, so the first issue here is uh, there's only pictures of. Oh,
1: there's plus six. So maybe there are pictures of the rest of the guitars. But there's two pictures right off the bat that don't make any sense, and it makes me think that the guy accidentally posted the wrong pictures from his camera roll.
0: Well, the thing I don't understand about this is I look now that I'm looking closer at it, the picture in the, that, cause this is a Facebook ad, the profile that pit that posted, it doesn't even match. The uh
1: the picture of the dude. But it does match the name, so Yeah, the driver's license doesn't match the other picture either. Like who's this person? Well that just looks like an old
0: picture. Do you have oh, any Oh by the
1: by the way, there's a picture of the of a guy's driver's license in the ad with his driver's license number. Yeah, so
0: that's what I was saying, like so the version that we'll post up, like we usually leave phone numbers in for ads. Just uh, who cares? But, like we're we're taking this. Uh, we're we're going to take the uh, all that other yeah yeah information that you can use to steal somebody's identity. Yeah, this guy uh, puts it all out Why would out you put there? your
1: driver's license on a Facebook buy sell trade? And there's also a picture of some dude standing with a cardboard cutout of some lady. Like, who's that supposed to be? I have no idea who that lady is. Some blonde
0: lady in like a dress. This is in Tennessee. For some reason, my gut said Lori Morgan. Not that that means anything to you. I don't
1: know who that is.
0: Uh, she was a singer. I think maybe she was most known for um, that song, uh, Something in Red. Did she do that song? I don't know. Uh,
1: but, anyways, this is
0: actually. Yeah, Something in Red. You know that song? I'm looking for Something in Red? This now. is
1: okay. actually an ad for six guitars. Yeah. Uh, the first two
0: pictures are not guitars. No, four
1: guitars. Four guitars. Four guitars. Four guitars. Uh, Two electric and then two acoustic guitars. Uh, the the two that we have pictures for are first acts, so I'm assuming the other two are first acts as well, uh, or something similar. But for sixty bucks for guitars, I don't know. That's a, that's yeah. worth a gamble.
0: Yeah, I, you know, it look, at least the two electric guitars are first act. They're kind of the uh, cool looking ones too. But you too. kind of like you know what you're getting in there for if you're looking for stuff to like rebuild, mess around with. Smashers, you know, smash, uh, retire, whatever. Uh, firewood, parts, buckets. Uh, you know, actually, if you looked at these as parts, buckets, and you're able to f- get some, a few decent parts off of it, Get like, some
1: tuners get. You know, the the bridges on these are they're hard strat bridges. They're probably gonna be fine. Pickups, pots. Yeah, you know, to uh, uh, strap pegs, Uh, neck plates, neck plates. Yeah, Yeah, you'll probably get 60 bucks worth of hardware off of these. Yeah. And then turn the rest into like a beautiful lamp or, you know, like a coffee table. Definitely a first deck coffee table. (laughs) (laughs) Referencing our last episode. Uh, So, yeah, the price isn't isn't wrong at all the price is great and fun it's just confusion over like why why did why? he post these very personal photos in a facebook ad it's almost like facebook grabbed but why does he have a picture of his driver's license or anyone's oh, driver's license on facebook that is literally how you get your identity stolen like you are begging for it maybe the, he stole that identity hey maybe and he's like hey guys uh, who wants to buy an identity <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, I feel bad for that guy. Or maybe he's brilliant in some way that we just don't understand. We just don't know. All right, let's jump on to this next thing. We might need to review this for a little bit before we even talk about it. Nah, we can get straight into it. So basically there's a uh an article here from the Music Trades online. It is a uh an online magazine for people who are in the music instrument business. I'm assuming, but I think John Cusack posted this on his personal Facebook group or in a group that I was in, and I screen grabbed it. And it's about Electro Harmonics. Yeah, basically saying that they aren't going to do direct business with Amazon anymore for quite a few reasons. What do you What do you think about that, Steve?
0: Um, I think it's an interesting choice by them. Uh, I can't disagree with. Their reasoning. So basically, what they're saying is they sell. uh, So, Amazon, the way Amazon works, Amazon has stuff that they sell, right?
1: Yeah, there's store online. uh,
0: But Amazon also acts as a third party seller. Like a middleman. For a lot of other companies where basically you pay. um, uh, You pay. Uh, Amazon to host your storefront Right Um, So what EHX was doing Is EHX was selling to Amazon Amazon was an EHX dealer Yeah And uh, the issue that they ran into That Mike Matthews is saying Like, okay, buy Amazon uh, Is that Amazon's policies Would change very frequently Uh Uh-huh And as a builder um, It would uh, It would Like frustrate them one to always have to keep up with these policies the other thing that was frustrating it sounds like for them was that um they they were active in trying to find other dealers that were selling below map now that's already a problem in itself it's a big problem and there are retailers that do this all the time. And sometimes they find creative ways around it by saying like, oh, buy the demo version of this pedal. We only have like three of them. But it's like the same three demo pedals like every month. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just always seems a little weird. Uh, so they don't have the price. So they're not technically violating MAP. But you know, we, there's we some We have things. a
1: little bit of a behind-the-scene view with, with gear companies now. I've had conversations with people. And there are sketchy things that happen with retailers and, you know, map pricing and whatnot. There are companies that are out there right now that are online retailers who may be selling selling through Amazon or not, selling directly through their sites or other places, that will come up with new fictitious business names and sell their inventory below map. Yep. But then the builders will be able to, like, look at the product and see, like the serial numbers or see other information and yeah be, and be like huh funny yeah that 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 pedal went out with an order to this company and now they're selling through a different online retailer yeah no on like
0: map. what ryan's describing is like 100 percent on we're like we literally were in a conversation with the builder where he was like this store that's selling these four pedals they posted the serial number those were limited edition exclusive pedals Right, I traced the serial numbers. They never sold for the company that they. I sent them to, like these are this company's just like transferring it to like an off brand, like an yeah off
1: subsidiary. They, they came subsidiary. up. They came up with a different store name on Reverb, and now they're yeah. like trying to. Sell so, me.
0: so this is a thing where the the problem with this, of course, is. Is retailers set up minimum advertised pricing. The reason for this is so they don't outcompete themselves. Yeah. So if you buy direct from Earthquaker, a pedal might cost you like $140. Well, if you buy that Earthquaker pedal from anyone else, it's going to cost you $140. The difference is that when you buy direct from Earthquaker versus a whatever store, if you buy direct from Earthquaker, Earthquaker's getting all of that $140. Right. If you're buying from Another shop, that shop is getting a cut of that money. Sometimes the cut is significant. Sometimes too. that cut significant. So sometimes, like if you're buying a pedal for, again, one hundred and forty dollars, that maybe like sixty dollars of that is going to the retailer, and the other eighty dollars ends up yeah. with the, the actual a builder. Big cuts. Uh, um, and sometimes like you don't have a choice. Sometimes you know it's tough. Uh, I know people. This has been a big criticism of Strymon, Not to get too far off topic, that like you order something from Strymon and it takes like a week to ship, and they they're, they ship ground and all this stuff. But if you buy it from, you know, retailer X and they have it in stock, they're going to ship same day, or they're going to ship next day, and they're going to ship priority. So you're going to get it right. Like if you order on a Monday, you're guaranteed to have it on a Friday, right, so you right. can use it the following you know weekend for your gig. Yeah. Whereas if you buy it direct, you might be. Well, if it's
1: Strymon, you're going to use it Sunday at church. Sure. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but, but you mentioned.
0: It. So, so all this to say that there's this there's this really like crazy retail game going on, but Amazon has the resources to constantly be checking minimum advertised pricing on any of their products that they have minimum advertised pricing deals with, and then what apparently they're doing per this article. Um, is uh, they are going in and they are um, they're either finding stores that they host that are alias stores that are advertising below map and then adjusting their own prices to that, or they're just right. like googling it or whatever. But but basically, they have an algorithm or something. So, like so that. again, like here's the situation EHX is selling. Gosh, I, I don't know their prices offhand. They're selling a pedal for $150. I don't right, know what right. pedal. Through Amazon. A third-party retailer comes in with an untraceable name, or at least not a not easily traceable name. Right, right. And is selling the same pedal for $130. So Amazon automatically drops its price, says, well. The minimum advertised price isn't what we agreed to. It's this other price that this other store is drops the price faster than EHX can react to it and figure out like
1: what's going on, who's jacking us, basically. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's like a huge temptation for these third party sellers to be like, like you mentioned earlier, like a, a you know, like if a pedal's one hundred and forty, like the original manufacturer might only get eighty out of that. When they sell through a different store, like the store is going to take 60 bucks or something like that. Like that's a big cut. And that store is looking at like, if I'm any bit cheaper than any other store, then I'm going to get all the sales and I'm still going to make a profit. So it's a huge temptation to be the company that is selling for five bucks cheaper than MAP. But then that completely screws everyone else, and it throws off the entire reason to sell to uh, third-party stores anyways.
0: And there's other issues where uh, if Amazon is fulfilling all of the orders for all of the companies, then the stock gets mixed, so there's no way to trace it. Yeah, Um, There's other issues where if Amazon drops their price, then... For example, like I I don't know. It, it probably wouldn't affect like a company the size of Sweetwater. Uh-huh. But Sweetwater could go back to EHX and say what the hell Amazon selling for $20 less than us like our
1: price like 150 is supposed to be minimum advertised yeah, price. Yeah. No, Why cruis, is Amazon doing 150? It screws everyone all the way up the the food chain. Uh, apparent, when someone when someone goes below MAP.
0: Apparently Amazon also has like a return policy where yeah. You know, their return policy is very gracious, but the way it works is uh, when you get a return from electroharmonics, they send you an RMA and then your pedal goes straight to electroharmonics. When you get a return from, when you do a return with Amazon, Amazon sends the return label that go, then the pedal goes to, uh, goes like to Amazon and then that goes to EHX or whatever, but... On a return, Amazon is charging right. EHX for, for the non-
1: for the return shipping. Yeah. So so it's like a double shipping bill. Yeah. And then like EH, like if you return something to EHX, they ask you like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on? How can we fix it? You return something through Amazon, I bet it just shows up at their door and they have no idea what's going yeah. on.
0: So um, apparently the final straw according to this article, and this was on uh, music trades online. Uh, was that amazon was selling through amazon uk and uh, the way these yeah. dealer networks typically work is if you have uh exclusive rights to a territory then you have it so kind of a kind of an interesting uh uh where i saw this recently was uh the Wong's amps uh-huh uh, oh you mean wang's wang's amps whatever uh Gosh, man! Just because I try to like drop a little Chinese on you, <laughs> uh, so the guy Darren uh, is w- the guy who's he's Wong Zamps USA, right? Uh, he was actually the basically the n- global non buying dealer, from what I understand. So right. his territory wasn't like his brand was Wong Zamps USA, but it wasn't just his territory wasn't the USA. His territory was basically like all over the place. Sure. Um but he recently put out like a few weeks ago that BYANG had struck a deal with a UK distributor for at least the Mini and the or the uh yeah the Mini 1 and the Mini 5 uh-huh. so he wasn't going to be able to sell those amps in at least in the UK. I'm not sure if that extended to all of Europe. But that's territory loss and that's the way these deals work that like typically you set up dealer networks and when you set up networks, you know, if it's a US network, then you kind of just have like a free-for-all sometimes. But for smaller companies or for specific companies, like you set up things that are specific. So this was basically sounds like this was set up where uh, Amazon UK, like in order to sell on Amazon UK, Amazon had to get permission or was supposed to get permission from EHX, which they didn't do. They just transferred inventory right. and went for it. So uh, basically, with all of this pile of issues, EHX says we're pulling out of Amazon. And we're not going to, or at least we're not going to support dealers who sell on Amazon. We don't want to deal with this anymore. Um, so I think that's really interesting. But that kind of ties into like another co- question that somebody asked this week. Uh, which was about um, whether or not big companies are getting uh, are becoming irrelevant.
1: Oh yeah, you wanted to feed into this. Here we um, go.
0: <laughs> are these big companies kind of uh, you? Know, and the the examples that they gave were uh, were Boss, uh, Fender. Uh, this was Chad Dingler on the Facebook group. He talked mentioned Boss, Fender, and Gibson specifically, uh, and whether or not they are losing relevancy. And uh, we kind of talked about this a, a, a couple weeks ago when we talked about what um, – not what kills brands. I, actually, I guess it was almost a month ago now. Guitar is dying. We talked about that sure. in the post article. And I think this Amazon decision for EHX and whatever these other – whatever other companies decide to do, relevancy all comes down to market connection. So for EHX to take the hit and say, like, we're not going to sell on Amazon anymore, yeah, it, that probably will hurt them in the short run. But it also gives them the opportunity to build up stronger connections with their remaining dealers. Of course. And in turn, like, maybe those dealers put, you know, out of gratitude, out of whatever, like, out of being like, hey, you know what? You dropped Amazon, so that should help us out. So we're going to put your product on our front page, right? You know, maybe not musicians' friend is well. A, maybe
1: it just makes it more enticing to buy. It's like, oh, uh, you know, we, you know, these are going to sell more since you know only you know dedicated guitar stores are going to carry, right, them. right. And like it'll be harder to get it on Amazon. So it's like you know we know that these will move easier here. So. Will order a bigger order this time or things things yeah. like that. You so
0: know? I know there's been a lot of talk uh, in different gear groups about like, oh, how does Fender survive? How did, especially I hear Fender a lot because, I mean, I hear Gibson a lot too, just because yeah. of, the, of various mi- missteps. But also with Fender, I mean, the Fender Elite guitars are now like seventeen, eighteen, nineteen hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, the professional series I think is like fourteen hundred dollars. So there's definitely a lot of conversation about like well i can get a was it a Danocaster for like two thousand dollars right why would why would the I gap pay, is closing in right, between why would i pay 1500 yeah. for a fender when i can get dano caster why would you for like 2000 or, yeah. or whatever
1: Just go buy a titan guys <sighs> buy buy a coward titan it starts at 1300 dollars. <laughs> um, it's, way, it's way better than any fender guitar i've ever played <laughs> so so there's this idea like
0: you know why? Why are you going to do these things? But that relevancy is all about like, I hate to say it, like it's about staying cool, sure, and whatever that looks like. I mean, relevancy. The pro- the the biggest problem for big brands is the there's always that assumption out the gate of like, this is just marketing, right? right. I will say the uh, boss. YouTube advertisement for the is it the MS3?
1: Uh-huh.
0: Hilarious. Super good. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about? Uh with Bo Banton. <laughs> Have you seen the Bo Banton? I'm not sure. What, oh what my happens in it? Uh it's Bo Banton. Oh, dude. No, but what happens in it? I don't know. He's it's Bo Banton and he's Bo got just like a thousand weights. He's got like a thousand pedals. It's a rig run through on the boss channel. Oh, okay. Uh, he's got like, you know, this giant pedal board and he's walking you through it and then it's like, Oh, well, what about the MS three? You should just get that instead. Oh, okay. Good old bow Banton. I see. Uh, anyway, um, so I, you know, I think companies can do things that if they are authentic, they can reestablish relevancy from a marketing perspective. Sure. Now, I say you know, I say authentic. No marketing is authentic. No, of it's, course not. It's all, it's all gimmick <laughs> unless, in one way or another. Unless
1: it's marketing right here on sixty cycle Home, the guitar podcast. Well, I mean,
0: like in terms of like if we're if we're making a video, we're trying to do something that's like sure as an entertainment factor, right? Right. Of like course, we're trying to do something that for us, it's I guess for us as a as a non brand, we're so small, we're not a brand, right? Right. 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 Uh, that it's going to be like closer to real. But by the time you get up to like at least the the Fenders and the Gibsons, like and even Boss, like even though I don't think it's really this way, like the expectation is that uh, when you see a video put out by them that's like funny, it was programmed to be funny. That there were a bunch of suits in an office going oh, like, "What suits would be funny?" Can't,
1: suits can't make anything funny. Yeah, so that's that's Are what I'm kidding like, Me, like their formula. If you is, see something funny online in a video on tv in a movie if you see something funny that made you laugh it's because there's some dude in the room who was a rebel right so, and like, so that's why i like pushed it through because the suits don't want to let anything funny through
0: that's what i'm saying so i'm i'm very much paraphrasing it but on guitar nerds when they when matt knight talked about this video the basic short version was i know this guy joe just give me an afternoon and a camera and yeah. like, we'll make something funny. Exactly. And it, it's hilarious.
1: You know, it's it's funny, like, years ago when, you know, all this boutique stuff was coming out and people had, like, kind of this, like, sour grapes against Boss. Like, oh, Boss, boss Pedals, who would buy those anymore? Right. Uh, the big company Boss, so who's, you know, are you going to go buy a distortion pedal, whatever? But Boss is a legit brand. Like, and I mean, I don't mean, like... Oh, they're a big brand. Like, I mean, like, they're still, they still consider themselves like a family company. Yeah. And once you get like a behind the scenes look of like their kind of like corporate structure, you realize there's really not that much going on. And it's really only a couple offices.
0: Well, I I think that's kind of the tough thing for them. Um, I think the RV 500 and they did the RV 500 and the, what was the other one? The
1: other 500. Well they've got the, the DD five hundred the D- and they've got the modulation five hundred MS five hundred? I, don't I don't forget the, I for, it's a modulation pedal. Who wrote this scene? <laughs> but they you know, they are obviously big enough to have the resources to get like these grand scale kind of designs done. That you know are basically computer. The pedals. MD five hundred is the modulation. So you
0: got the MD, the DD five hundred, and the RV, RV five hundred now, and that's something that but people have asked like, for
1: for a long time. They're still like, they still consider themselves like a family brand. Yeah, you know, yeah. like there's, you know, everyone who works for the company knows the names of everyone else in the company. It's you probably would be surprised that the size of the company is not that much different from like like an Earthquaker devices or something like that. Like, I don't know for sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if their if their employee count was in a similar range. It's definitely
0: range. smaller than, I think it's smaller than you think. It's probably bigger than Earthquaker, but it's smaller than oh, most if, people. think. I'm
1: sure it's bigger than Earthquaker, but I'm, I think that it's going to be smaller than most people. So I'm yeah. like, you think like boss Roland and you're like, Oh, these people must have like, this company must have like, you know, a thousand employees or something right. like that. There's, I, I really don't think it does. Yeah.
0: Um, so again, that's that's kind of my thoughts on relevancy. Fenders distancing themselves. One, I mean, yeah, they're making a product that a lot of people think isn't n- is no longer like the top dog on the market for the price. Sure. Um, well, Fender's
1: strong point is making like kind of weird takes on their classics right now. You know, I I think that's where it is, and coming out with you know weird finishes and weird like pick out pickup loadouts right. and things like that, like. Coming up with like unique stuff is kind of their strong point right now. If you want a super good strat or super good telly, there are so many other options out there. But if you want yeah. a Squire Supersonic, where else are you going to get that? Right, right. You're not.
0: Um, so yeah, that's. I was even. I don't know if you have any thoughts. I, I realize I've kind of gone off for the last five minutes. That's
1: fine. <laughs>
0: Longer than five minutes, but that's fine. I was
1: just <laughs> letting you go do your thing. Steve's peeves, right? <laughs> I wasn't even, man. I gotta I gotta get my mic set up at home. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'll, gonna start recording I, some I need of those. to get you that lighting equipment oh, and stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, what's left? Uh, we got one more ad we got left. got one more ad. This is a stupid black guitar.
0: I found this. I found Oh this, you found this. Found this in uh Raleigh, North Carolina. I was doing some Craigslist tourism. Nice. Uh, this is a really stupid guitar which at some point 20 years ago I put a pentagram sticker on. Clearly, you're not buying this for how it sounds, because it sounds bad. <laughs> However, it looks hilarious, and it's cheap, so what do you have to lose? The action is good, and the neck is straight, and it stays in tune really well, so it's a good guitar to play on. It just needs basically all new electronics, and cosmetically, it is severely lacking. There were some holes and scratches that were covered with black nail polish. If you want me to string such intonate, it'll be $60. Comes without strings. Otherwise, this is a
1: oh, this is a Gremlin guitar. The brand apparently is Gremlin. It kind of looks like it has a Washburny sort of thing going on. I wouldn't be surprised if it came out of the same factory. It's pretty weird looking. It looks super budget. It looks like '90s budget. Yeah, like, well, he uh, said he got it t- about 20 years ago, so that wouldn't fit yeah. the '90s. But uh, the description's funny. The title's funny. Forty dollars might be worth a gamble. Yeah, I don't know. It's a black guitar the pentagram on it it's not just a black guitar ryan it's
0: a stupid black guitar. it's a
1: hardtail super strat concept with the humbucker in an interesting position volume and tone yeah. i don't know it was just fun to read right yeah i just wanted to read it <laughs> all right big thanks to our sponsors this week
0: walrus audio if you haven't yet why haven't you watched our demo of the arp 87
1: yeah what's wrong with you go watch it it's a fun pedal i actually did a really fun thing with the demo concept it's uh, it's themed after, like, you know when you you start playing a new video game? Yeah. And it gives you, like, uh, like especially, like, it's themed after, like, a space fighter. Right. So you, you're you playing a space fighter video game, and a character comes on and is like, I'm going to tell you how to calibrate your controls here and teach you how to fly this dang thing. And, like, the first two missions are all you just learning how to use it. yeah So I kind of theme it after that part okay, of a video cool. game. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. You're going to like it. I've been trying to figure out because I'm still editing it. Why right am now. I looking forward to it? In theory, I've already watched it. I know, right? I've, I'm still editing it right now. I'm trying to figure out some jokes to work into it. So, all right. We've got some time.
0: Um, also, thanks to our other sponsor,
1: Sinusoid.com, Sinusoid Pro Audio Co. Tour. By this time uh, that you're hearing this episode, I've already been to uh, Summer Nam. And I have interesting are things to get say some, about that. Are you
0: going to get some content there? I'm going to
1: you- try my best. Okay, cool. Um, and I've been held up in – well, p- not held up. But I've been put up in a uh, in an Airbnb by Sinusoid. So I'm very thankful to those guys for for helping me out. I also uh, spent a night with Grant Wilson from Big Year NYC. Oh, yeah. Uh, assuming all my plans, <laughs> like, fell through. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I am recording this a good week or so before – yeah. This episode airs, yeah. so... <laughs> Who knows?
0: I, I was thinking about, like, oh, can we stall out this app? And then I realized uh, that you're gone next week, so yeah. no option. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then this week's song was sent by Joey Chambly. Chambly? Chambly? We don't really know. Chambly? Uh, Chambly? Chambly? Joey Chambly? Says, here's some songs from a band I was in about 10 years ago. It was a four-piece drum, bass, electric and acoustic guitar and vocals. Uh, band name was Moses and Carl... Claiming punk country as the genre. I like it. Uh, he played a telly into a PV Bandit on some songs and a Vox AC30 on others. Pedals were pretty pedestrian. Uh, Ibanez TS9 Turbo, a vintage Ibanez Sonic Distortion, a Boss Super Chorus, WA, maybe a DL4 or DD3 in there. We're going to play the track uh, called Wichita. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Later.